so much for listening to Uplifting Impact. I have a special opportunity for you. For everybody who is a listener, we are going to be hosting a wonderful How to Be an Ally Summit. It is a virtual summit. And for those of you who are our listeners, we know that you're already on your allyship journey. But if you're ready to go deeper, to learn more, to put some more tools into your toolbox, we'd love to have you join us. The summit is going to be hosted February 1st through the 3rd, 2021. So go ahead, get your ticket and make sure that you get a ticket, not just for yourself, but get a ticket for somebody in your family. Get a ticket for the people that are on your team. Let's go ahead and figure out how we can move further, faster, and together. Hello and welcome to Uplifting Impact. Today I am here with a longtime friend, Grady Crosby. Grady is a dynamic senior executive leader and corporate officer for Johnson Controls. He is directly responsible for driving Johnson's Controls global strategies regarding diversity, equity, and inclusion, sustainability, government relations, and its philanthropic endeavors. In order to enhance and in really look at what could happen in the business objectives and maintain the company's commitment to improvement, he takes all of his talents and pushes it in that direction. In his current role right now, what Grady is doing is he is leading a matrixed public affairs group that drives Johnson's Controls ESG strategies. And under his leadership, it has been noticed by a number of different really respectable companies. So Johnson Controls was honored to be called one of the world's most ethical companies under his leadership um, between 2014 and 2020, and to be ranked number 18 on the 2020 list of the 100 Best Corporate Citizens by CR Magazine. Those, if you don't know this world and you don't know those rankings, those are very hard things to achieve. And Grady has been able to do it over and over again because he is really committed to this work and he knows how to bring the right people alongside him. So we are delighted to have you on the show with us today. Grady, welcome. Deanna, I am uber thrilled to be here with the infamous Deanna Singh. So <laughs> so I'm honored that you asked me to be here and um, I'm just looking forward to it. So, so good deal. Thank you. So one of the things that I most appreciate about you, Grady, and what I've seen you do over and over again is that you have often, and I, I've been watching, right? Like I've played witness to this, but you oftentimes will be in situations where because of the amazing leadership roles that you have and, and the, the prominence of your role and kind of the spaces that you occupy, you'll often be given a microphone. And when you get that microphone, one of the things that I see you do over and over again is bring up these issues around diversity, equity, and inclusion. I see you bring up the things that are challenging us, the things that make it really hard to do. And so I first wanted to acknowledge that, like, I'm watching you. I see how you roll. I see what you're doing uh, with your with that with that microphone. But I also wanted to talk to you a little bit about that. Like, why is that something that you do? How do you get up the courage to do that and use your platform and your microphone to bring uh, those topics to the forefront? Wow, Deanna, um, I appreciate you saying that. I appreciate you making that observation. But you know, leaders like you are doing the same thing, and so I'm so appreciative that you are creating forums like this for these types of messages to get out. You know, when we talk about 
reducing uh, and eliminating barriers for certain groups, you are the epitome of that. And so I'm, I'm just grateful for people like you. So, you know, and, and, and probably, you know, some of the reasons I do it uh, are probably some of the things that drive you. And uh, a lot of it is, you know, my, my, my background. And I'm uh, definitely a prime example of someone who, if you give someone a chance, um, you just never know what type of potential you can potentially unleash. And so I know there's potential all around us. And I know some of it is getting buried. Some of it is getting overlooked. And so I need to make sure that people are aware that they are jewels of talent everywhere. But in order to find them, uh, we have to open our eyes. We have to look. We have to look at some non-traditional places and spaces and be willing sometimes to even take some chances um, on people. Uh, but that's a great thing. When you take a chance on, on a person, it can actually change the trajectory of their life and the lives of people within their lineage for generations to come. And when you talk about uplifting impact, to me, that's what it's all about. So, so yeah, I get a little enthusiastic when I get the opportunity to talk to people about what I do. So I love what you just said about finding gems, right? And that everybody has a great deal of potential. But sometimes we have systems in place that don't allow for that potential to really be excavated. I'm not sure if I'm using the right word, right? Where, yeah. where it's like a, you know, we're not used to it. We're not used to digging in a certain area. We're not used to bringing up talent in a certain kind of space or with a certain kind of group of people. But you've been really effective at changing those norms. Can you just talk a little bit about what you done to create different channels and different pipelines to bring in more uh, diversity into your into your work? Well, you know, we just got to be very focused and intentional about what we're trying to accomplish. And so at Just Controls, you know, we have a lot of um, engineering talent because we are creating some very eloquent solutions to solve um, some of the world's most challenging issues around buildings and environments and things of that nature. But for instance, you know, somebody says, well, we need, great, we need some more black engineers. Well, guess what? It just so happens when you look at the HBCUs, the HBCUs are graduating 80% of the world's black engineers. So you need some black engineers? Let's go see some HBCUs to find them, you know, and, and, and not disparaging, you know, any other universities or what have you, but I'm just talking about, you know, being able to kind of go to a, a source. So, 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 so we've been trying to do some intentional things around partnerships with uh, HBCUs and even with regard to the way that our people think about talent again, you know, and, and it's natural people want to be in their comfort zone and, and we understand that. So how do we equip people to think about talent in a different way, to think about talent, in terms of that they have a responsibility for growing and building that talent. And probably one of the most rewarding things that I get a chance to do in my role is to try to really usher in and create bridges for a new generation of, of diverse talent, ethnic talent, female talent, exposing people, even going down to the high school levels and, and even below, but exposing uh, kids to careers that they never may have even thought about were opportunities to raise families upon, to build dreams upon, what, what have you. And so, you know, getting our people to think differently about talent and getting our people to really go to where talent is, to meet the talent where they're at 
is is probably one of the things that, you know, we really try to focus and concentrate on. You know, I, I can't say that we've been, you know, uber, uber successful because I want to do more, but we keep our hand to the plow to keep trying to get it done every day. You know, and that's something that's so fascinating to me because a lot of times people will ask me, I just got off a call actually, where somebody was asking, well, what can we do? We're this big company. What, what can we really do when we're talking about diverse pipelines? And that is one thing that I think Johnson Controls has consistently done. I mean, a lot of the work that you and I have done together has been around community engagement and really around youth engagement. And so one of the things that I appreciate, and I've seen this um, under your leadership, and I know a number of people within the organization support this idea of, you know what, let's help create those pipelines. Let's not be afraid of going past the universities and going into our high schools and talking to our middle schools and talking to our teachers and really giving, uh, like you said, this, this, this eyesight into what could be and what, what is possible. So as you see that, like, you know, and that you've made investments and you've made significant investments in, in really creating those opportunities and for, for children to kind of start thinking about different career paths and different, what would have been some of the, I guess, return on investment, right? Like if there's a company out there like, mm, I don't know, that seems like it's a little bit too much. What, what would you say to that company to get them on board? Yeah, you know, the main thing is to um, just be committed to transforming your workplace because it's not going to happen overnight. It's not a poison pill out there to make it happen instantaneously. But, you know, you can see progress when you start to at least put some lenses around what you're doing and do some monitoring. You know, we always talk about the fact that, you know, what gets measured uh, gets done. Um, But what gets done uh, gets improved. Mm. and, And what gets improved gets replicated. And what gets replicated can potentially transform the entire market. And so we, we don't see ourselves as subject matter experts at this at Johns Controls. We are really trying to replicate and scale up things that are working. You know, I, I look to our friends in the community like uh, John Daniels, who, you know, had the, um, the, the, the great honor of and privilege of starting the uh, MKE uh, Fellows Program with a number of other community leaders. But, you know, it was great when we not only supported Milwaukee Fellows, but then to see Milwaukee Fellow graduates become employees of Johnson Controls. And so, you know, just the small victories like that have been very rewarding. Um, These kids leave Milwaukee, go out and get an education. And then, you know, we always talk about this pipeline, this pipeline. Well, we know the pipeline has some leaks in it um, because, you know, the talent that's coming out of Milwaukee is not returning. But but here are some people. Yeah, I got named Nick Young is the guy I'm talking about in, in, um, in particular, who's a Milwaukee fellow, comes back and is working with Johns Controls now. So, so, so it's, 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 it's an arduous process. And I would tell my fellow corporate citizens that we don't do it to beat ourselves across the chest. Uh, <laughs> we really do it to inspire others to join with us uh, in this work. And together, if we do our own part, we can change uh, some of this talk about Milwaukee being a talent drain and, mm-hmm. and we're not producing the talent that we need to, to, to have in the city to, and we're not keeping the talent. We can change that narrative if we just stay at it. Yeah. And so there's people who are not just from uh, Milwaukee. So let me just explain the MKE Fellows Program because it's a fantastic program. 
So a couple of community leaders, including Grady, decided that we were going to support men of color who were leaving, in particular African-American men who were in uh, universities all over the country. I think maybe all over the world. I feel like we might have a few international students. And the idea was, let's make sure that when they have their summer vacations, that they have a place to come back to. Not only are they coming back home and getting some little job, but we're giving them internships and we're giving them training and coaching and mentorship and connecting them with people. I'm very proud to say that uh, a couple of of the Milwaukee Fellows who were considered the Milwaukee Fellow, who won the, the you know, Master Award for the Summers, were my fellows. I love that right. program and have been a, a huge, huge proponent of it mm-hmm. since the very beginning. Mm-hmm. And what we have seen is that those young men, not only do they do really well in school and we're already, you know, uh, doing great things, but that now they want to come back home and they want to bring those talents. So, if you're in a city that's experiencing the same idea, we call it brain drain here in Milwaukee. So if you're experiencing something like that, and you're seeing it in your newspapers and you're not, you know, getting a lot of your uh, people of color and your men or whoever it is, whatever groups, you know, that you're missing in your workforce, mm-hmm. think about replicating a project like that because it really just took the commitment. It wasn't some big organization. It was the commitment of a, a couple of great leaders in our community who brought together their resources and decided they were going to put them behind these young men. And they have a time and time again, just proven just how amazing they are and how lucky we are that they're in our community. So just in case people don't know that program, I just want to give them a a huge, huge shout out. Um, I'm glad you said that. In fact, the United Way is replicating that program on a national basis. I believe it's called Young Men United. So even in local communities around the country, that program will be available. That's am- that's so amazing. And it starts with somebody having the fortitude to say, this is a good idea. This is something that I care about. In my sphere of influence, this is what I can do. Because at first it was just a few young men and now it's like over a hundred, right? And so taking though that and showing that, and like you said, doing it, right? Repeating it, replicating it. I can't remember all the wonderful steps you had along the way, but that's what you do, right? Because it, you can improve on it. You can replicate it. And then other people want to replicate it. That's how That's how change happens. Right. That's true transformation. You're absolutely right. Absolutely. So we talked about it on the local level, but I know that you have global all over your title, right? And in all the work that you're doing, you're spending, right now we see a beautiful picture of you, uh, you know, in the universe. So you are out there on on a global stage. And I guess one of the big questions that I have uh, for you is as a company that is, you know, looking at things from a global perspective and on a glo- with a global lens, how does this diversity, equity, and inclusion work play into it? Why is it still important um, from a global perspective? Yeah, at the, at, at the end of the day, people still want to feel that they have a voice. Mm-hmm. They want to feel included and they care about the things that you would think most people care about. They care about, you know, safety, they care about their families. They care about opportunities um, for the future and their future success. Mm-hmm. And so when you, you kind of gather around those, you know, common postulates that people around the world, no matter where they are, you know, kind of have in common uh, and create some, some spaces where people can talk freely and openly uh, about that. So, so DNI, diversity, equity, and inclusion looks very different in China than it does in Mexico City, uh, that it does in uh, Hanover, Germany, or the, the UAE. But our responsibility is to make sure that for our people, that we have leaders in place who can understand those nuances in those areas and be able um, to create platforms where people can openly talk 
about those different perspectives. In fact, this year um, during COVID, we have a dynamic new DNI uh, leader who you just have to meet very soon here. Uh, her name is uh, Denise Malloy. She's our VP of uh, Diversity uh, and Inclusion. And so she started these perspective sessions where our employees are getting together on a you know Microsoft Teams global stages, if you will, to really talk about their perspectives from the standpoint of What's it like in 2020 in the pandemic uh, being a father, mm-hmm. especially the father of, you know, a black or brown kid? What's it like being a young uh, professional mother and trying to, you know, balance um, the demands of uh, Zoom teams, um, you know, all these meetings all every day. <laughs> right. And trying to, you know, keep your family uh, together and kids educated and homeschooled or what 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 have you. We used to talk about work-life balance. Now is more of a work-life integration. But you know what, what's that? You know, you, you know what, what are those types of feelings that our people are having? And from that, how can we help improve? How can we help get those issues on the table um, so that leaders and not just leaders, but everybody can work on how we create a more conducive environment for people to thrive in and be more productive. And so sometimes we say all the time that perceptions are greater than reality, Um, Mm -hmm. but people need to have their perceptions heard. And so that's another thing that I really value about the role that I'm in is allowing people to just have a voice. I mean, sometimes you may not solve anything, but just allowing somebody to vent and let you know how tough it is yeah. and how many barriers I have to, you know, try to overcome and just letting people vent in a format uh, where other people can hear and relate to it is therapeutic. And so we've allowed that to happen at Johnson Controls in a very safe space. And we think that it really helps with regard to productivity, loyalty and engagement. Absolutely. And, you know, I think that's interesting, like this point that no matter where you are in the world, right, and no matter how you are experiencing things, everybody has some of these shared needs. We have the need to feel connected. We have the need to feel included. We have the need to feel like our voice um, matters. We have the need to feel like, you know, we can share who, who we are and not just what we do, right? That there's something more to who we are as human beings. And so I just, I I really appreciate it. And Grady, I started this conversation by talking about how you are so good at making sure that you use your microphone uh, to elevate other people and that you give people the opportunity to create that space. And you just proved it. You just proved my point. (laughs) Good deal. So I just want to say thank you again for all that you're doing for all Johnson Controls is doing here locally, but also on on the global stage for really leading the charge and creating so many great examples about how we can do this work and and really bring people along um, as we do the work and and create more spaces, more entry points for people um, to come into into this work and really into the opportunity to thrive from an economic standpoint. Because at the end of the day, there's lots of different ways that we need to thrive. And one of them is economic and one of them is tied to jobs. And one of them is tied to that stability. One of them is tied to being, you know, at great companies that can provide those supports um, that they need. And and so the more we can do that, the more companies we have that are showing that, it's just, it's really awesome. So thank you. No, thank you. Johns Controls definitely benefits uh, by having this North American headquarters in Milwaukee, where we have people like you 
that are continuing to make sure these conversations are going on and people are heard. We're at a very unique time in our world history. And, you know, I, I feel privileged to be living now because yeah. I don't think anyone has ever seen anything like this before. And, and, and you and I have this unique opportunity to advance you know, some of these issues with regard to social justice, racial equity, um, making people um, more included and equitable and trying to level the playing field in some of these work environments. We, we have the opportunity of a lifetime right now. And it's great to have people like you that we can link arms and, and continue to keep this work going. Well, thank you. And I, I think everybody listening, I hope you heard that too. We need to link arms with you also because we know that if this work doesn't get done just by one person, we know it doesn't get done with just one company. It doesn't get done with just one program, one initiative. It really is our collective power. So Grady, if people want to follow you and you should, because he's always doing something awesome. What, what's the best way to do that? Yeah, I, I'm not really a social media mogul, if you will, but um, <laughs> but definitely appreciate um, people reaching out to me on LinkedIn. It's just Grady Crosby. That's how you can find me on LinkedIn. If you're on Instagram, it's Grady Crosby. That's how you can uh, find me on Twitter. Uh, it's a little different. It's H-U Grady in deference to that great historically Black college and university located in the nation's capital, Washington, D.C., Howard University. So it's actually H-U Grady on Twitter. Fantastic. So we'll make sure that all of those are in the show notes. So again, thank you to Grady. Thank you to everybody who was listening here today. Um, at Uplifting Impact, we truly, truly believe that if you're in your local community, if you're in your global community, it doesn't matter that all of those spaces really do require us thinking about this idea of diversity, equity, and inclusion. And the more we can do it, the more we can, as Grady said, link arms and walk together to try and create these spaces, the more inclusive we can become, the better we are as a, a country, the better we are as a people, the better we are as a world. So thank you for joining us on Uplifting Impact. We do hope that you'll tell a friend, you'll tell your coworkers, that you'll have other people join us for our future conversations. We can't wait to, uh, to be with you again. Thank you so much. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.